Thank you. Good morning, everyone. That was a wonderful time of worship together. Amen. It's great to be in the presence of our God. Our God is, is a generous God and, and uh, he's a good, good father. And he won't uh, do anything in the lives of his children that will harm us. He, he, is, uh, he is good. He is for you. He is not against you. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity at the uh, close of the service today after I've uh, spoken for a time of prayer. Uh, we are in the, in the church. Uh, it's something that we sometimes do as a church. We provide an opportunity to pray for one another. And so uh, if you would uh, sense that the Spirit of God, that God is, wants you uh, to uh, be a part of that at the end of the service in response to something maybe God's doing uh, right now through the word that uh, Marilyn spoke, uh, something I say or something the Spirit of God brings from His word. We're going to have an opportunity to pray in response to those things and uh, in response too for any other need that you might have. The Spirit of God is able to meet that need in your life. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. I'm just going to pray. We thank you, Father, for your word, the Bible. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who has inspired the Scriptures, Lord, who has, uh, Lord, uh, given them to us, that they, they come to us with uh, your authority, Lord, with uh, your inspiration, Father, with your life, and we thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the cost that men and women have given through the ages that we might read your word in freedom today in this country. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. God is a generous God. A generous life we have. I was, uh, Andrew's uh, done the first couple of messages and um, I had opportunity to put uh, last week's uh, ser uh, sermon message into practice. We had a trip to Melbourne and uh, there we were, you know, in traffic with lanes of traffic beside us and I had opportunity to be generous and to, you know, slow down and allow someone to come in to the lane and, you know, I was in the car park there in Melbourne, there's cars going everywhere and I had opportunity to be generous and wait and wait and let this lady go in before me and, uh, you know, I felt quite good about myself. <laughs> But then, uh, <laughs> I must admit, my patience did run out a little and I decided to jump in. You've got to jump in sometime, don't you, Andrew? <laughs> but God is, God is a generous God. God is a good God. And we've been uh, looking a little bit at the book of John and pulling some of the theme out of uh, this book of 1 John. Okay, and uh, we love God, John says, because he first loved us. I'm just going to read from the Scriptures. God is generous in giving us His Holy Spirit. God is generous in giving us His Holy Spirit is uh, the title of my message. We can live generously when we are affirmed by Him. 1 John 2 verses 18 to 29. I'm going to read. And I'm just, but just before I do, I get my notes out. <laughs> okay, 1 John. Dear children. So John writes, Dear children. He's writing to believers who I believe he has a close connection with. He calls them dear children, which I believe is a reflection of God's heart for you and I, his children. 
Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. These false teachers, these who were, who were really anti-Christ, did not belong to us. Belonging to whom we belong, to whom you and I belong, is incredibly important. That you know to whom you belong is incredibly important. These did not belong to us. Verse 20, verse 20. But you, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us, even eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him, at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You belong to him. You have an anointing from the Holy One. I'm just going to just think about a little bit about this word anointing. I'm just uh, flicking. I just flicked, do I? Yep. Okay. The anointing in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the main word for the anointing is a Hebrew word called Massa, from which our word Messiah comes, from which the uh, Greek word in our New Testaments is translated Christ. And so Jesus is the Anointed One. He is the Messiah. The word in its simplest meaning means to spread a liquid over something. And so as we read the Old Testament scriptures and we read about the tabernacle worship, we, we, we read that, all, that everything in the tabernacle was anointed with oil. It was an anointed with a, with a special oil uh, that God had a, put a high value on to show that those things were consecrated to, to the Lord, that those things had been set apart for service. We also see in the Old Testament that prophet priests and kings 
were anointed, often with the pouring out of oil, often with the pouring out of oil. And so we see in 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, uh, 12 to 13, on this, up there where uh, Samuel anoints uh, David, King David, and it says, So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. That's young David. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. He poured oil on him. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. From that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So we see that with the anointing, with that setting apart and consecration for the Lord's service, when it comes to a person, there's an equipping for the function. There's an equipping associated with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, with the anointing. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Luke 13. I've got it up here. Sorry, Luke 3, yep, verses 21 to 22. This is Jesus when he was baptized. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him bodily, in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. In Luke 4, we read that Jesus quotes from Isaiah and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. And so we see that the coming upon of the Holy Spirit is an anointing. Jesus was anointed and looked for specifically speaking of some of the, the tasks that the Lord had anointed him to do. But if we just look at this in Luke, in the, I'm just going to flick to Matthew 3, verse 16 to 17, which is the same account of Jesus receiving the, the Spirit of God at his baptism. As soon as Jesus was baptized, Matthew writes, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And it seems in that account of Matthew that the voice from heaven, that God's voice from heaven says in a more generalized way, in a proclamation to all, that this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. But in Luke, we have read that the voice from heaven Luke records it in a more personal way, I believe. He says, with you, to Jesus, to the man Jesus Christ, fully human, yes, fully God, but fully human, he says, with you, I am well pleased. I am well pleased with you. He personalizes it. 
Both, both are true, obviously. Both truths are conveyed, a proclamation to all, that all might know that this is Jesus' son. I'm not too sure who, how many heard the voice, actually. But Jesus, but to Jesus, but to Jesus, with you I am well pleased. The anointing of God is associated not only with power for service, but with an affirmation that you belong to Jesus, that you belong to God. I wonder how Jesus, if we can imagine how Jesus, the man, felt what that did to his spirit, to his heart, when he heard Father God say, with you, I am well pleased. I am well pleased with you. I hope we get a glimpse of that. I hope we know, some of us know, by experience, what it is. Father God speaks to his children and says, I'm well pleased with you. I'm well pleased with you. Eric, I'm, I'm well pleased with you. I'm well pleased with you, Deidre. I'm well pleased with you. Not because of anything you've done, but because of my mercy. Because you're my child. I am well pleased. The anointing of the Spirit of God affirms whom we belong to, whose we are, that we are God's, that we belong to Jesus. He is well pleased. He, he is well pleased, and He is well pleased, brothers and sisters in Christ, to give us His Spirit. He is not holding His Holy Spirit in any way back from you and I. Jesus promised, didn't He, that He would give the Holy Spirit to whoever asked him, to whoever asked him. He's not going to give us anything but the Holy Spirit when we ask for the Holy Spirit. He's a good, good father. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Acts 10, he went around doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Jesus was anointed. He knew to whom he belonged. You know, uh, Josiah, my son, he was, asked to, uh, uh, he was asked to share last week with the children's church. And that's a great thing that's happening in children's church. Sue and the team giving some of the older ones responsibility, asking them to share and looking for opportunity for the young ones to experience the Spirit of God ministering through them to others. So I think that's exciting and uh, may that increase. But Josiah was preparing, and, and interestingly, they're doing 1 John, and he had to speak on 1 John 4, and he's thinking about and that Jesus loves us, that Jesus is love. And he'd been reading, and we'd been reading a little as a family, and he'd been meditating, taking, thinking as in his own way. And uh, he came to me one night, he's on his bed, and I won't forget, I don't think I'll forget this for a long time, just a twinkle in his eye when he looked at me excitingly, and he's thinking of communicating to young children, younger than he, Josiah is, uh, I better get this right, he's 12, isn't he? <laughs> he's 12, and he's singing, and he's got a twinkle in his eye, and he said, Dad, could I say, could I say that Jesus loves us, that God loves us because we're his? Could I say that? He goes, because it's like, you know, when the kids, when we have our toys, we love our toys because they're ours, they're mine. And I, <laughs> and I said, you can say that, Josiah. You can say that. He, Jesus, 
Jesus loves us because we're his. God loves us because we're his. I said, we're his family. And uh, that was a cool thing. But God loves us because he's his. We're his. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit testifies, affirms this fact. Jesus knew whom he belonged to. Matthew uh, 13, 3 to 4 says this, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. That's John 13, the start of the account where Jesus washes and serves the disciples, washes their feet. See, Jesus knew to whom he belonged. He knew who he was. He knew where he came from, where he's going. He knows. He knows. He knows. And from this, he is able to sacrificially serve. From this, he, he gets up and, and, and uh, takes a towel and, and washes the disciples' feet. From this, ultimately, he gives his life sacrificially on the cross for you and, and I. He dies for you and I, willingly suffers the penalty, the punishment you and I deserved for our sin against God because Jesus knows to whom he belongs. You see, we can be generous. We can live a generous life when we know to whom we belong. We can, we can live a generous life. Listen to this. this isn't what Jesus said to his disciples. He says in Luke 12, 32, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. That's a generous life. Because Jesus said to his disciples, your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. When we know to whom we belong, we can live a generous life. We can take risks. We can boldly, confidently obey God. We can have some daring faith. Amen. When we know to whom we belong. Second Corinthians 1 21, 22. John has said in, in John that you have an anointing from the Holy One. And Paul writes to the Corinthians and says this, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now it is, this is the purpose, or one of the purposes, of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is to make us stand firm in Christ, to enable us to stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts. And so the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing from the Holy One, does this in our lives. It's closely associated 
with what the New Testament calls the sealing of God, the, to be sealed. He anointed us, set his seal upon us. A seal identifies, authenticates whom an item or someone belongs to. A seal secures. It's like when uh, Pilate, when he took the body of Jesus, when the body of Jesus had been placed in the tomb, Pilate orders that, a, that the seal be put, around, be put on the tomb and the guard placed. He orders that that be sealed. Uh, the Jews were worried that, uh, you know, that, that the, the disciples of Jesus might come and steal his body. And so he had this done. Pilate put a seal. I remember as a young Christian reading that passage of Scripture and I thought when it said that Pilate put a seal on the stone, <laughs> I thought he mixed up some concrete and sealed it in. <laughs> that's what I thought, that he sealed, sealed it off. But that's not what it means. It means that he put his signature on the stone. He put his seal to say, to authorise what had been happening. He'd put his seal on. We know a seal from old times, sometimes a letter or a, or a document was sealed with wax and the, uh, and the um, person in authority would perhaps take their signet ring or, or a stamp and they would place that into the molten wax and so was their, that was their seal to say that this authenticates, this is mine, it belongs to me. And when, when the Holy Spirit, when God seals us with His Holy Spirit, it's a, it's a tangible mark of ownership. The anointing of the Holy Spirit seals us. It's, we see this in Cornelius' household. In Acts 10, verse 44 to 48, I haven't got that there, but Charlie might have that there. Acts 10, 44 to 48. While Peter was still speaking, he's speaking to uh, the Gentile believers, the Holy Spirit came upon all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptised with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. They had been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And Peter and everyone there could see that they belonged to them now. They belonged to Jesus. The anointing of the Holy Spirit seals. It's like the down payment. When I, I love selling engagement rings. <laughs> I make uh, qu oh, quite a bit, don't we, Dave? <laughs> of money out of selling engagement rings. We, that's one reason I like it. <laughs> but I mostly like selling engagement rings. Uh, to tell the truth, I like selling engagement rings to believers. I, I, I love selling engagement rings. I, I like that because I know, you know, 
I know that those two believers have, uh, have kept themselves and are keeping themselves for one another for their marriage day. When, I sell any, when a young man, in good circumstances, but when a young man gives his uh, fiancée-to-be the, an engagement ring, it's like a deposit guaranteeing something that's better yet to come. And when the Holy Spirit anoints us and seals us, it's like a deposit guaranteeing something better that is yet to come. Of this uh, verse, of this verse of in uh, Acts 10, of the Holy Spirit falling upon the uh, Gentile believers. Later in Acts 15, Peter says to the leaders there, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. God showed that he accepted them. He accepted them. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it's a visible, tangible sign that God accepts us. And it goes on. It's not a, I'm not talking about a once-off experience even because the anointing, as John says, remains in us. But the Holy Spirit testifies to your spirit, confirms to you and I that we are accepted by God that we belong to Him. This is our confidence. This is our assurance. As you read 1 John, read the whole of Scripture, 1 John, the whole, whole book, and it, this has helped me incredibly in my own walk with God, is that, yes, we believe the Scripture, and we're to believe the Scripture. Our faith is object, the Bible's objective truth. But the assurance the ongoing assurance that I belong to God, that I belong to Jesus, does not simply come from the Bible. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes through the Spirit of the living God. It comes because Jesus is in my life. It comes because the Holy Spirit indwells me. It, it's, we know, says John, we know this Jesus because he has given us, given us of his spirit. Amen? I believe, I preach, I believe in an experiential Christianity. I do not, I believe in it. You know, I know in Pentecostal charismatic circles, there's some extreme and some, there's some things where experience is put on a pedestal, experience that doesn't line up with the Bible, but where experience lines up with the scripture, I believe that. I believe you and I need an experiential faith. And God wants to fill us. God wants to anoint us. God wants to seal you with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. You belong to Jesus. If you know, if you know Jesus, you belong to him. You know him. You know him. Do you know the Holy Spirit? The infilling of the Holy Ghost. God wants us, you and I, to be filled, to be anointed with the Holy Spirit because we belong to Him. We belong to Him. 1 John, I'm going to pick up 1 John, verse 28. No, sorry. Verse 24. 
See, John says, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. This is our responsibility. This is part of our response to what God has done in our lives. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. See that the, the, the basic gospel truth of whom Jesus is, he is the Son of God, he is fully human, fully God. He died for you and I on the cross, was buried and on the third day rose again. He ascended from on to high. He's at the right hand of the Father. Believe these things. Hold on to them. Hold on to them. The truth that you heard when the gospel came to you. See that that remains in you. For if it does, you'll remain in the Son and in the Father. Verse 26. I'm writing you these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. But as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So this anointing the Holy, that the God has given us, the Holy Spirit, He is real, He is not counterfeit. John says, I've written these things to you about those who are leading you astray. And who they were, we believe from, from church history, are a group of people who are teaching that Jesus is like a phantom. They're teaching that Jesus is not really he is not really both God and man all at once. He, they're, they're teaching that that's not true, that Jesus was never really fully human, fully God. They're teaching that, that, that Jesus, that, that's not, that that couldn't possibly happen and it's not tangible, if you like, that Jesus, his uh, earthly body and his divine uh, nature, that that... They weren't together. It's not a, that, that, that couldn't be true. That couldn't be tangible. But, God, but John says, that's not so. You know, keep what you've heard from the beginning, that Jesus Christ and who he is, keep that as true. And you know it to be true because you have an anointing. You, the anointing you received from him remains in you. doesn't come and go like in the Old Testament days when the Spirit of God would come upon someone and then leave someone. The Spirit of God, when He comes upon, remains in the believer. He remains on you and you do not need anyone to teach you because the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of truth, is testifying to the truth and you know what's true. You know who is true. You know whom you belong to. When God gave you his spirit, it wasn't a phantom. It was the spirit of the living God. And you know him to be true. You don't need anyone to teach you this. 
You don't need anyone to teach you. John's not saying we don't need teachers, otherwise he wouldn't be writing himself, would he, to the church, if that was the deduction. But he's saying you can be taught by the Spirit of God, you and I. That's a challenging thought, isn't it? Ask yourself, how, how often, how much am I taught by the Spirit of the living God? Am I aware that I'm being instructed by God? You are, if you know the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, filling you. But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. The Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, is teaching you and I to remain in a close relationship with Jesus, to remain, to continue in Him. See, it's the anointing, it's the Holy Spirit who instructs me, who... I know the Word of God is the Word of God because the Holy Spirit because of the ministry of the Spirit of God. I know, to, I know to stay in fellowship with believers. We know to do that because of the anointing. It's teaching me to remain, to remain in Jesus, to remain in fellowship with one another. It's the anointing. You know, it's when we stop listening to the Holy Spirit, it's when we stop obeying that we go wrong, that people leave the church, that people drift from Christ. But this anointing from the Holy Spirit is teaching us to remain in Him. Verse 28, And now, dear children, continue in Him, so that when He appears we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of Him. Confident and unashamed before Jesus when He ultimately returns. Confident and unashamed. Jesus wants us confident and unashamed. God our Father wants us confident and unashamed today. Amen? Because, yes, when Jesus comes back, but today, confident and unashamed because by the power, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, by the anointing of the Spirit of God, we know that we belong to Him. Because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we know that God even speaks to us. I'm well pleased with you. I'm pleased with you, my child. You belong to me. We know that we know that we know the Spirit of the living God has sealed me for that day of redemption. Thank you, Lord. We can trust, we can, we can live generously, trusting Jesus, anointed, instructed by the Holy Spirit, affirmed by Him. We can willingly obey God, love others, speak the truth, encourage, because we're confident in our relationship with God. We're confident and empowered by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask the, the uh, band to come. We're going to have opportunity to pray this morning for one another. 
If you, if you would like to respond this morning to, the, to what the Spirit of God is saying to you, you know that God's been leading you and you know that you want to be immersed in the Spirit of the living God this morning for the first time. You know, the Bible teaches that if we know Jesus, if we've repented of our sins and put our trust in Jesus, you know Jesus, you know the Holy Spirit. He's working in your life. But there's a, there's a, a, Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Jesus anoints with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can come upon us and comes upon us. And God uh, says, I won't hold that back from you. I'll give it to you. I'll give the Holy Spirit to you if you ask. In, uh, he's promised that. He will not give us anything but the Holy Spirit. If you don't know Jesus this morning and you want to know Jesus, there's an opportunity to come and just let yourself be known and we can help you. This morning, I asked the band to play. If you have any need, you need the Holy Spirit just to confirm, just to strengthen you. You just know and you would like prayer this morning. We can stand with you and pray together and ask God to fill you, to refill you with His Holy Spirit because Jesus is not withholding His Spirit. It's an ongoing walk. There's an initial infilling, but there's an ongoing walk. There's an ongoing, the, the Spirit of God. Let's just pray. Just, yep. Thanks, man.